0: I encourage youth pastors to steward and, and honor the opportunity they have to preach to the next generation and realize how weighty it is. You know, and we know this, we're going to be held accountable. And uh, youth preaching is not a stepping stone to adult preaching. Youth preaching is not a stepping stone. It's an assignment. If you're preaching to young people, God has assigned you, commissioned you, and it is your mandate for this hour that you are in. That is your assignment to preach to young people.
1: Welcome to this episode of the Pastor's Roundtable Table. I am your host, Ryan Latham, and I'm super excited to share a portion of one of our coaching calls. You see, every month we hold coaching calls for youth pastors where we have guest speakers. We have a time for those in the group to talk about ministry issues and we help and support each other through that. And then we break up into two groups where we encourage each other and do life together. And today I'm going to share with you a portion of that teaching element. One of the things that's different about if you're in the group is that you get to ask our speakers live questions about the topic that we've been talking about to personalize it to your ministry context. It's a game changer. It's much different than just listening to a teaching on a podcast like today. So I'd encourage you to get more information. You can go to renewleadershiporg slash network to get more information or to join. So, today, get ready. Let's listen to a month's teaching from our coaching group.
0: Yeah, I, uh, um, I was a youth pastor for eight years with Jesus Culture. I'm now the executive pastor. I just stepped into that in January of 2022. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of my history. I've been with Jesus Culture forever since I was twenty, so for, for going on fourteen, fifteen years, been running with banning. It's um, the ministry that I got saved from. Um, had an encounter with the Lord listening to a Jesus Culture album in the early two thousands. Had a radical encounter with the Holy Spirit. Gave my life to the Lord and followed that ministry. I was I was I grew up in the Midwest so followed that ministry to California and found, I literally was just on a hunt to find where Jesus culture was. And it wasn't really a thing. It it was, they had done a couple of really kind of low key albums and it was just the youth group at Bethel church. And so I just wanted to be where it was. I wanted to be where it was happening. So I went to the school of ministry, um, Bethel School of Ministry did three years there and after that that just started to help out with Jesus culture in a volunteer capacity and got on staff, I just hung around until they hired me and uh, got on staff and have been running with them ever since we moved down to Sacramento, California from Reading in 2013 to plant a church and it's uh, been going ever since. was the youth pastor again uh, from the minute the church started up until last year. And, uh, so now stepping into executive pastoring, but, um, still doing a ton of stuff with youth, helping oversee our student ministries and pouring into our, our youth team. And so that's kind of my history. My husband's Derek. He's the, he's our worship pastor. So yes, I am his boss. Um, on paper, in the org chart, it's a lot of fun. Uh, doesn't it? Doesn't um, cause any fights at all? We we never argue about it. There's no tension ever. It's really amazing. Um, and we have three three kids. Um, so that's that's me a little bit. Um, I'm passionate about uh, preaching. I I love to communicate. I think good communication um, is. uh I'll just preface by saying. We don't want to be more obsessed with the craft than the anointing, for sure. But there is something about stewarding the opportunity to preach to young people, something about stewarding the opportunity to um, share the word of God with with an audience, and so that's kind of the heart of this. We we. At Jesus Culture, we have 10 values on our staff. Like we have ten, 10 values and practices. That's kind of our our culture. We have a culture book. And when you get onboarded, we talk about the 10 values. And one of our values is excellence. Um, we value evidence because uh, we say, you know, God deserves our best. And so do his people and especially his kids. If God deserves our best, so do his kids. His kids deserve our best. So we kind of have that mindset as we approach youth ministry that, uh, You know, it's it's gotta be excellent. Like we we get pretty crazy about what our tablecloths look like, that they're steamed and that they're hung, you know, it's it's having it has little Caesar's pizza on it, but it looks good because we want our, our students to walk in into an environment that looks intentional. I didn't throw this together. This isn't my last thought. You're my first thought. I came here early to set these tables up. It looks good, it looks clean. You're coming into an environment of excellence. Because we believe we're, you know, the tabernacle was excellent, the temple was excellent. This is God values details and values things done well, and so same for preaching. um, You know, why why invest in it? You know, I think people get kind of crazy that they become they become great motivational speakers with great craft, but they're not anointed. So there is that tension and balance to hold that we don't we don't rely on technique and we don't rely on excellence, but we we hold it in in intention. And so I just want to start off by saying that, that um, I'm, I'm really, I encourage youth pastors to steward and, and honor the opportunity they have to preach to the next generation and realize how weighty it is. You know, when we know this, we're going to be held accountable and uh, youth preaching is not a stepping stone to adult preaching. Youth preaching is not a stepping stone. It's an assignment. If you're preaching to young people, God has assigned you, commissioned you, and it is your mandate for this hour that you are in. That is your assignment to preach to young people. And so just, uh, you know, and we can be real, like preaching to youth is the worst. It's the worst. I'll preach to adults any day because you know what adults have? Empathy. Adults have empathy. Adults will pity clap. Adults will laugh at a joke that's not really funny because they understand, you know, social Social manners, there's some etiquette when a preacher's up there some uh, some groups of adults, you know most are going to understand like oh, okay we're gonna we're gonna help them out. Youth have none of that, they have no need to impress you, they have no need to flatter you they have no need they they don't empathize at all, so if you're not you know so so like let's just say that, my first couple years of preaching to youth, I was on the phone every week with someone who had done it longer than me or my leadership saying, "Why suck?" I suck. Why is this so hard? They're literally we like the crunching water bottles. I don't know if y'all as teenage boys do this, but they crunch water bottles in their pocket during a message. Like, why do you have to? Why? What is the point of that? Or you know, they're opening up a bag of Doritos and you're just like, turn your Bible, you know, to Jeremiah, and they're like, crunch, you know, opening Doritos. I one of my first experiences preaching to to our young people. I'm preaching and I'm. I'm going after it. I'm pouring my heart out. I'm on some point that I think is going to change their life. But I hear these two boys talking. And I'm thinking, well, I was naive enough to think they were talking about my message. I was just, you know, naive enough to think that I was, I was interesting enough for them to be discussing some point I made. So I said, hey, you guys have a question. You want to talk about this? And they look up at me. They're like, oh, no, we're just bartering Skittles. I'm like, that's what you're doing. I'm up here preaching. I've prepared for God knows how long and you're trading you're bartering skittle colors. You know, I'll give you two yellow, you give me a purple. Like this is the reality of the landscape of preaching to young people. And I find uh, that I travel all over and I talk to, young, to youth pastors it's not different in Oklahoma than it is in California. Like it is just teenagers. So it's difficult, but it is an honor. <laughs> and um, we can hold that we can hold that weight and we can we can value that the way that God values that and takes seriously the assignment that we have to preach to, to preach to the next generation. Um, so I got some, just some practicals. these are things that we have a, we've got a preaching group here at our church that my senior pastor leads and we bring in young, you know, kind of gather up the young communicators on our staff and we just meet every month and talk through preaching practicals. Um, and I've done, uh, I've, I've invested quite a bit of time in myself in this. Um, taking courses, classes, reading, just asking any leader I can get around that I think is a good communicator asking questions. So I've kind of compiled um, a a list that I have found helpful to to youth pastors as I've traveled. And I just want to share some of it's practical, some of it's spiritual. But the first one is uh, to preach what you own and just recognize that you can only preach with authority when you really own a topic. And so, you know, sometimes we, we want to preach something that we think is relevant. We want to preach something that's popular. We want to preach something that we think our youth need. But if we're not, if we haven't owned that topic at a deep level, it's not going to transform them. And the only thing that gives you authority in the word is anointing. And the only place you get anointing is an in intimacy. So all of this really comes back to, Like I can, like you can, you can learn craft and technique. You can learn that you cannot learn anointing and authority. People can impart knowledge and tips on technique and your craft of preaching, but people cannot impart authority and anointing. You are only going to get authority and anointing in the secret place, in, in, in intimacy, in the closet, you know, in, in your prayer times. And just for us to understand that, you know, if we're finding our words, like there's just not fruit or it doesn't feel like it's catching or culture isn't changing, we might be preaching out. We might not, we have, might not have tapped into what do we own? What do you own as a, as a preacher? What do you own? What are your life messages? And, um, and until you own it, you know, we say that. (laughs) If you haven't let the word cut you, your word's not going to cut anyone. And sometimes we're just preaching things that haven't fully cut us. We don't fully own them. Uh, just to give a practical example, in my, early, in my early years of following Jesus, I was raised by a single mom, poor, in a corn town, Indiana. That's where I'm from. Wheatfield, Indiana. Super low income. And I had a poverty mindset. I was not, did not grow up with a generosity mindset. So when I come into the kingdom and I start learning about a generosity mindset, that was really difficult for me to to fully understand. I'm thinking, you know, I'm the one I've grown up with. I'm the family. You're generous to. We can't be generous. We don't even have enough to put food on the table. Now I'm not going to get up and start preaching generosity. And sometimes we get up and we try to preach, we try to preach a lifestyle of prayer when we actually aren't walking out a lifestyle of prayer. We, we try to, to preach something that we just haven't fully owned. And so I I just gave this, I gave this talk and somebody was like, well, we're all in process of sanctification and we've never fully arrived. So how do you preach anything? And I just said, well, let's get real. Like we know there are things that, that we own at a deeper level than other things. There are some things you're in process. Yes." hundred percent and we have never fully arrived and you're never going to own every single thing that the Bible has something to say about. You know, of course that We're not Jesus. But we can we can understand. Ooh, there's some you listen to preachers, right? You listen to preachers, you're like, man, you have authority and anointing on on that topic. You just have authority and anointing on the prophetic. You have authority and anointing on on prayer. There's authority and anointing you preach about discipline and there's just certain people and what what's happened is they've their bill johnson says uh i only feed you from the meal i'm eating and so you know the and then this is this drives us to the word if we're preaching from that place then we're going to be then we're going to realize the necessity and the need to be eating constantly you know and we know this that we we don't live on bread alone but on every word from the mouth of god and so if. if if we're not eating all the time, it's like, oh yeah, I, I don't know that I have much to preach. I preach the two topics I feel like I own. Well, you better go get in the word and own some more things. Go get in the closet. Go get in the secret place. And this is important too. I just want to speak to if some of you are just like, man, I'm I'm veteran. I'm veteran youth pastor. I've been preaching. You know, I know this. This is important to learn how to articulate for the young people that you're raising up, for your youth leaders that want to be preachers, for your young people, your your young students that you know, they want to see themselves, they see themselves being a youth pastor one day, learn to raise up preachers, learn to figure out what, what you, um, what you've done, what you've learned and start to impart that we need to raise up young communicators of the gospel. Um, They're not learning this stuff. They're not learning this stuff in school or at home or on TikTok. They're, they're, they are less and less articulate because they're just, learning to text and everything's autocorrect or everything's in some kind of 90 second format. So let's let's challenge ourselves as we're pouring into the next generation to learn how to raise up communicators, anointed communicators. Not like, you know, good TED talk presenters, but anointed communicators. So we preach what we own, um and that works with curriculum as well. Another, uh, another youth pastor said, Hey, I, I use curriculum. How do I apply that to curriculum? I'm not going to pick a topic that, you know, I'm, I'm not familiar with. I can look through a curriculum and go, yeah, that, that resonates with me. I feel that I feel the I feel the weight on that. I've walked that out. I've got some life stories to apply to that. I've got some experience. So just being intentional when we're, when we're writing and, and just really resisting, um, Resisting the desire to be topical, to be—you want to be relevant, but you don't want to be more relevant than you are holy. You don't want to be more relevant than you are anointed. And there's sometimes we're like, well, we're going to—a lot of youth pastors right now want to preach on sexuality, and I'm like, that's amazing. Go figure out. Go own it first. They don't own their own sexuality. They have their own shame around talking about sex. They've got their own struggles with whatever else. And so uh, we we start to give half developed stuff out to to our to our youth and it's just we can avoid that. Uh preacher Joan, I would challenge um I this is funny. I'm I'm I'll say this and I recognize I'm from a lineage of long communicators. I understand Bethel Jesus culture preaching it's you know you get it's like Marvel movies. You gotta you gotta they're they're long sermons. But what we have been going after is um, challenging our our young communicators or those that are preaching to youth to preach shorter. Um, it's harder to preach shorter, definitely. But I'd, I'd start to challenge, if you don't already, I'd challenge yourself to preach 20 minutes. And here's what I think is happening. I think some of us get up and we're like, this is my time to develop my craft as a preacher. I'm going to give them my five points exegeted sermon. That's, you know, 45 minutes. Well, a preacher is going to preach for 45. You're really going to preach for 65. And we are just losing our young people. And we are just, we are, it's not that we need to, this could be, I'm sure this could be debated and, and I'm all up for, let's, let's talk about it after. If you disagree, it's not that we want to Water it down, you know. Like, well, I think youth can handle an hour-long message. Let's be real; they're walking away with one thing, if you're lucky. And if they think about when they get in the car after youth at eight thirty, and they get in their mom's car, and mom goes, "What was what was tonight about?" They're not going to give you. They're not going to remember your five points that you spent however long on that you think were masterfully crafted from you know transitioned and da da da. They're gonna remember what's what's the one thing you want them walking away with? Can you preach that one point in 20 minutes of solid, solid, great communication? Preach in 20 minutes, give more time for small groups, give more time for discussion, give more time for the altar, give more time for connecting after, give more time for your leaders to connect with students. Like it's youth group should not be about your sermon. It's not, uh, this is like having to showcase my sermon. So challenge yourself when preaching to young people, or we tell our team, you know, try three short sermons. And then if you want to go long, do you want to give more content or you want to do whatever you feel like you need more time, go long once a month. And then that's that once a month, we're going to have a longer message, but they're coming, you know, if they're coming to church on Sunday morning, they're getting a longer message there. You want to, And if you say, you know, if anybody thinks, can I really preach effectively in 20, 25 minutes, listen to any Jensen Franklin message. The man rarely goes over 25 minutes and it is solid. He has learned to cut the fat, to preach the point, to preach the word, to give some great stories. And so when we really start to look through our sermons practically, there's probably a lot we can trim, a lot of fat we can get rid of. And we should be thinking, this is what I do. I I write a message. We tell our, our, our youth preachers, put your main, main idea. What's the one takeaway there, especially if you're preaching to middle school, my goodness, preach 10 minutes. If you're preaching to middle school, go shorter. What's my one takeaway? What's the one thing I have them, I have their attention for this precious amount of time. What's the one thing I want them to walk away with? And then make sure everything you're saying, all of your sub points, all of your stories, all of your things that you think are funny, that they are supporting That main idea. And what we find when we start to think that way is we actually find we're filling our sermons with about six main ideas. Which is great. And you've got content. There you go. There's your there's your six weeks of 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 preaching. Take each of those main ideas and just preach one main idea. Preach one main idea, one takeaway. What are you really wanting them to walk away with? And so that's that's a real challenge. And I think you'll be um I I know you'll find you're a you're it is harder to preach shorter. So if you practice it, you will be a better communicator. And it's, again, Jensen's probably the best example of someone who is just, it's easy to preach an hour. It's easy to preach longer. You ramble, you repeat, you repeat, you know, whatever. But going short, it'll it'll sharpen, I think it'll sharpen your preaching and your youth will thank you. <laughs> and I think you'll find that you there's, they're going to be, they'll probably absorb more. Because they're just not getting lost in, you know, check checking out and whatever else. It's a challenge. And and some people there's a, a you know, a big famous church that, you know, somebody's like, Well, I watch such and such youth online and he preaches 50 minutes every time. Yeah, that sounds, that looks good on YouTube and probably good for his itinerant ministry. But ask those teenagers, what are you taking away in 50 minutes? Where did you check out? What the what, what'd you walk away with? Um Another thing, really practical when prepping sermons for youth, ask ourselves, why does this matter to a middle school student? Why does this matter to a high school student? And I think, again, we have great things we want to preach. Important things, honor, generosity, prayer. They're so important. Discipline, holiness. Why does it matter to a high schooler? Sometimes we, we preach why it matters to us. Cause that's what we, that's the season we're in. We preach why it matters to our peers. That's easy. I understand why it matters as a, you know, in my mid thirties, a leader, parent, whatever. I understand why what I'm preaching matters to me, but can I understand why it matters to a middle school student? That is a whole different ball game. And that requires a lot more prep and a lot more sitting and thinking on it and a lot more connection to my students and a lot more questions I'm asking to my leaders of what's going on. Why and if you can connect that dot, when they're listening to you preach, they go, "This is why this matters to me in eighth grade." You're going to start hitting some transformational messages. They'll start hitting their the the some some truth that they're really going to be able to walk away from. And it's just crazy to me how uh, how few times we ask that. And I had to I had to get in that mindset where I'm preaching and I'm like, "This is such a fire word. Oh my gosh, this is awesome." And then my pastor would come and he'd look at it. He's like, "Why does this matter to a junior?" I'm like, I don't know, cause it, cause it should. Like we're, you know, like that's not that's not enough. Just because this is in the Bible, isn't enough for a seventeen-year-old to hear that and then want to walk away and apply it. But if you could answer that question, here's why this matters to you: a game changer in uh in message prep. This one, I, I hesitate saying this because I. Uh, not to insult anyone or maybe you think wow that that's dumb she thinks that that's revelatory but for some people i do, i think they don't think about it um to include a lot of text of life in your preaching especially for young people they're so experiential uh they can't abstract and they they're not thinking forward and we know this you spend time with young people if you're full-time youth pastors they're thinking about if you ask them what you, what are you doing next week are you coming to camp or I don't know that's forever away I might be dead by then you're like that's in 2 months like how do you not know what you're going to do they don't know what they're doing tomorrow right so when they're listening to you preach they're not thinking here's why I'm going to need this in a year here's why this is going to matter to me in college here's why this is going to matter when I start dating here's why this is going to matter when I'm a parent they're not abstracting your your truth and your concepts and they're not abstracting it to different applications of their life and their future so, if you could get text of life for them right then, a story on friends, a story of sports and in high school, you start to get practical in their talking to their parents and you start to to get um practical teenage text of life or stories from your teenage and in, in your middle school and high school years. Again, another another game changer. And I don't know if you guys have this, but our youth definitely, when when we're preaching and they're talking about it after, they're remembering the story you told more than they're remembering the the verse. They're remembering, oh, it's so funny when I tell this story of Derek and I, when we were, my husband and I, we met, we were high school sweethearts. So I have a ton of just great content. And so I tell this story when we were 15 and 17, going to a haunted house. Now the message is is about Romans. They have, they are not remembering Romans. So they're like, oh my gosh, that was so funny when Becky said they went to that haunted house with her boyfriend and this happened and she got scared. And then and they're remembering the truth. They're remembering the the principle, but they're remembering the story. And that's just important to 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 remember that if I give them text of life that I can give them some applications for their season, they'll they'll really remember it. Um again, preach the text. So I'm going to say all of that and then I'm going to say this and here's the tension in the 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 balance of preaching. The word will preach itself and we have to as 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 communicators of the gospel we have to trust the ability of the word to transform and understand that we'll do what we can do but only God can do what he can do. And so we we put it out there, we sow the seed, but he makes it grow. And and I think if we can it, we call that pressure free preaching. That the pressure is not on you to transform their life. The pressure is on God. The pressure is on the Word. And the Word is alive and the Word is powerful. And so when we can trust this Word is going forth and won't return void, when we can trust this Word is alive, I'm preaching. What happens is we get away from preaching the text, there's a lot of pressure. Because it's like, well, I don't, you know, I threw a Bible verse in there, but I'm really talking about sometimes we just give sometimes when we're not careful and especially young communicators so i don't you guys all look none of you look you know 20 sorry but you all look over 20 i can say that right that's safe i could say that to a call of men if it were women i couldn't say that maybe you right here matthew you look younger um but what happens with with younger uh younger preachers they'll they're pre, they're doing motivational speeches with some bible sprinkled in there they're doing it backwards right they're not starting at the text, understand the story. When you preach the Old Testament, if you're preaching allegorically, you better know that story really well. It's just dangerous territory. You start to preach allegorically from the Old Testament and you just get off track really quick. So know the text, preach the text, do the work. And we're going to end with the burden of preparation and how much time it actually takes to do this well, but it requires some study. It requires, you know, commentaries and looking at the the words and blue letter Bible and hitting that Greek and looking at the Hebrew and cross references, but preach the text. When you preach the text, it will change people. You preach the text, it is transformative. And we trust that the pressure comes off of, this isn't really about how great of a speaker I am. I've done the work. I'm, I'm stewarding this opportunity. I'm honoring it. I'm honoring the platform. I'm not up here for me. You get your ego out of the way. And then pressure-free preaching comes. You're like, I'm preaching the word. I'm preaching the word. And the word's powerful. And the word's going to do what the word can do. And so that, I think that's really helpful um, to just remember that. And when we remember that too, we'll uh, we'll stop preaching for reaction, the discouragement. And if I don't know, a lot of youth, youth pastors, what I have found is we're liars. I was never a liar more than when I was a youth pastor. How you doing? Great. I'm so good. I'm not discouraged at all. I love youth I love youth ministry. Every Wednesday night I wanted to quit. Every Thursday morning I was in a depression. Why didn't they show up? Why are my leaders why are my leaders terrible? Why can I not great better sis? Like, you know, whatever. Youth pastors are just wonderful liars. We're all doing great. We're all loving it. We all discouragement is a is a big uh enemy for youth pastors. It's a big a big hurdle. A discouragement comes. It's easy to be discouraged and one one of you, I think it was Brady was like, "I'm just in the grind. I'm like, man, that's the word for youth ministry. What is youth ministry? It is a grind. It is just a grind. It's hard work, beautiful work, worthy work. But discouragement and preaching to young people is so easy. And so if you can get to that pressure free preaching, I trust the word. I trust I'm preaching the word, and it's powerful. It's transforming. And, and it's alive and, and I can put it out there. And then you stop preaching. Oh, this is what I was saying. You stop preaching for their reaction. And you just start preaching. You can get into that. You can get into your anointing. You're not distracted by their, you know, their blank faces, their distraction. You're like, I trust this word. And then the next day you won't feel as discouraged because you trust that the word of God went forth. I, I sowed the seed and, and he's going to make it water. Does that make sense? And when you're, when you feel the pressure you'll repeat yourself. Have you ever had that or you listen to preachers, you're like, you're just saying the same thing over and over because they're, wa- they're wanting something. Like, right? You know, they're just saying the same point over and over and you're like, got it, dude, move on. You know, you can get, if you can get to that place where I'm gonna say this and I don't need to repeat it. I'm just gonna put it out there. No, but okay, that fell flat. All right, I trust I am preaching the word and the word is alive. I'm trusting it. And I I can move on to my my next point here. Um, and then the last thing is, uh, just some practicals. Just take, I just encourage you to take your time with preparation. I saw this ad on Instagram and it was like, take my course and prepare a sermon in 60 minutes or less. And I thought, why would I want to prepare a sermon in 60 minutes or less? And, and I don't want to hear a sermon you prepared in 60 minutes or less. Now I get time management and in, you know, this man had a great heart and he's helping equip preachers in youth ministry across the nation, I'm sure. But I'm like, no, I'm good to show up saying I spent hours on this message. I spent hours on this 20 minute. And you know what, if I'm honest guys, and, and again, this might be something debated or not, not a popular truth, but if we're honest, our, our weeks are full and you're spending your time with students and leaders and and whatever else that time to just like, you know, you're not your senior pastor where it's like I'm paid to sit and read the word of God and prep messages. So a lot of my sermon prep as a youth pastor was done after hours. So when my kids went to bed, I'm standing in my closet and I'll go, I'll talk about this, but I, I practice every message, still do practice every message out loud at least once. Jeannie Mayo told me that she was that she said at, you know, 65 years old, I still practice every message I'm ever going to preach out loud. My senior pastor does it. There is some stuff that only comes to light when you practice it out loud. There is some stuff you only realize is nonsense when you say it out loud. I'm like, dang, that looks really good on paper. That looks great typed out. When I say that, I sound like a buffoon and I'm going to cut that. And you only know that when you say it out loud. I cannot stress enough. If you, my, we got our our youth pastor right now. He's like, he's anointed. And he's a good communicator. He's like a little Judah Smith. And he really wants to be a good preacher. And he's like, What do I gotta do? And I'm like, Jonathan, you just practice out loud. I am telling you, practice out loud. And so and it's and sure enough, a lot of i and I ask, you know, we have the opportunity as Jesus Culture to host leaders, um, pretty regularly, people from all over. And I sometimes get a chance to ask, you know, ten minutes with them on different podcasts or interviews we do. And I always ask them about preaching, and sure enough. The communicators and preachers that I like the best and that I think are the sharpest do some, some form of that, of it of a dry run or a, a practice. So you don't graduate out of that. And so I would just encourage you take the time, find the time, sacrifice the time and sermon prep is a lot of work. Um, early on, I asked Banny and like, does this ever get quicker? And he kind of said the same, he goes, why would you want it to? Like you should show up with some skin in the game, you should show up with some blood sweat and tears on there, like you should show up with something you've you've sacrificed to to bring, uh even when it's youth, and that was a, you know something that we challenge our our middle school pastor, you know, and it can kind of she's like, uh, you know that they're they're 12. I'm like, so if you're not if you're not taking seriously preaching to twelve preaching to 12 year olds, you're never going to get to preach to anybody else." And the Lord tests our hearts, and He and He watches how we how we steward and how we handle it. So, to so show up with some preparation. Show up with some time in there. Come in prepared. It just takes a lot of work. Someone asked on that other call, "Well, how long? You know, if i if it takes me this long to prep an hour sermon, if I'm only going to preach twenty minutes, does my prep go down?" I'm like, I hope not by much. It's harder. It's harder to, to prep in twenty for a twenty minute message. So, that is maybe just an encouragement if you're spending a lot of time keep, keep spending time. There's ways to take the anxiety out of it. There's ways to get, you know, quicker, more refined, um, more efficient. But I think, uh, yeah, I don't think, I don't think Paul was like, how quick can I write this letter? I just, I really got to go, you know, I'm really looking to go sailing. I just want to jot this out real quick. I'm not looking to spend a lot of time. It's his life's work. His life's work was just, you know, preparing truth to present and preaching the preaching the word final thing and then we can do questions if you guys have any is i'd find an outline that works for you um i'm actually surprised at how few preachers i talk to um that use a consistent outline and and maybe maybe you guys all do and maybe it's different uh for this group but i would find an outline that works for you and and stick with it and um what i did is i took a conglomeration of many different outlines and I ask, I asked preachers, I'd, I asked a bunch of local youth pastors. We met with local youth pastors or different, you know, any, any really pastor that I could, that I felt comfortable to ask, could I get a preaching outline or what outline do you use? I'm a very, I'm a practical linear person. My husband, if he's going to preach, he's a creative. So he has a notes app in his phone and he's like, here's what I want to say. I could never do that. I'm, you know, greeting, intro, text. Main points, sub points landing. So I'm I'm more of an outline person, but I found an outline that works for me by taking a bunch of different outlines, I tried them all out, and then I found one that works for me, um, for my style, for for this season that I'm in and who I'm preaching to, and then I stick with it. And I found that that is a kind of a hack to how how can it go a little bit quicker? I'm not having to reinvent my my flow every time I sit down. I know my flow, and so then I can take the the revelation what i've gotten in my prayer time and i just start to plug it into a flow that i've established that i know works works for me and works for young people super practical stuff guys i don't know if any of that was was helpful or new for for any of you but um that's that's what i got